1: Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will talk about the shit show that is the 2018 season so far, and look at the light at the end of the tunnel with Kevin Charity from Mad Friars. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric Labou.
0: And welcome back everybody to the 5.5 Podcast. I am your host Danny Ortiz alongside Eric Labou. How goes it, Eric?
2: Oh, it's going. Three and eight. <laughs> Three and eight, pal. No
0: surprise there. What's the winning percentage on that? I'm not a mathematician, so I couldn't tell you. Neither am I. I'm not good with numbers, just baseball stats. But uh, I'm pretty sure that could be categorized as terrible percent.
2: Dog shit. Good for uh, last place in the NL West. I'm sure everyone is shocked.
0: How many games have the Marlins won? I don't know. We should look it up. We'll yeah. come back to that later. Yeah, but uh, as uh, as predicted, the Padres are well on their way to competing for the uh, first overall pick, a pick I hope they secure by the end of the year.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. I'm already uh, getting geared up to go through uh, Madfriars and ask those guys who the best high school hitter in the draft is? So we know, <laughs> so we know who the hell we're gonna go after. And uh, we we have a few notes jotted down on what we're gonna go over today. But before we get started on that, can I just make a public announcement? Sure. On the show. Sure. So a lot of a lot has been asked about it on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us. I'm at SD fan. Danny is at five point five Dan on Twitter. Bluntly, Padres. So they put out this thing saying, "Hey, we want to bring in our first guest, and who's it gonna be?" And well, I got. Peer pressured into, <laughs> I think our our pal Leisure Fire threw it out there and said, "Hey, you got to have miserable Padre fan on there." Pierre I mean, they kinda, says
0: Pierre. They kind of owe it to you, right? I
2: don't. They don't owe me shit, dude.
0: I mean, you you're the I think you're the first one on the Padre Twitter sphere to to really know about them. Didn't you retweet them, and then all of a sudden they uh, they blew up.
2: I guess, but that's dude. All I did was retweet them. Like like those guys are killing it. So, anyways, I want to put out there publicly, bluntly, Padres. I know you listen. I am down.
0: He just wants to get baked.
2: I am down. That's all you want. Yes. So actually, uh, behind the behind the scenes here, my mother is sitting in the in the recording studio today, and she's just Poor woman. shaking her head. So, mom, there's this uh, there's this padre podcast, and what they do is they smoke weed during their show. So they it's called bluntly padres. They their show lasts until they're done with the blunt. Or until one of them starts coughing, and I'm gonna be a guest on their show, so
0: they'll be done in like five minutes.
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll be done pretty quickly. So hey guys, I am down for bluntly Padres. Sign me up. I think I'll be the only guy on Padres Padres Twitter who has uh, recorded a podcast both shit-faced drunk and baked off my ass. So I'm down, guys. Let's let's make it happen.
0: There we go. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Hopefully they listen, <laughs> and then th- they'll sign you up and. You'll just continue to uh, to make history, Eric.
2: Yeah, you're making a, history. You're a trailblazer. One podcast at a time.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a trailblazer in this industry. Let's get back to the team. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's get back to the team. Oddly enough, they are five point five games back. How apropos? Apropos. Uh, what's your takeaway so far? At how bad? I mean, are we? Su- I'm not surprised at all by any stretch.
2: At how bad they are? Yes. No, I'm not surprised. Okay, good. I'm we glad. Look at their pitching staff. Look at their pitching staff. We all knew there was going to be trash, and uh, we are we are watching the game as their uh, as they're recording now. swings and
0: misses through a ninety mile an hour fastball.
2: Yes, and we did not record this in three different parts that we're going to move around. Yeah. No, it's all one smooth, fluid podcast for the most part today, Leisure Fryer. So we're watching the game today. Um, Joey you think Lopez, he'd like
0: us filming it or uh, recording in bits and pieces since he's probably nodding off here and there? <laughs> yeah,
2: probably. Or watching the GKS the grandkids. <laughs> Um, but anyways, Hunter Renfro just struck out to end the first. Um, to answer your question. Yeah. Shocking. No, I'm, I'm I'm not surprised whatsoever at how the season has started. They Who should sign this surprised? kid hitting
0: in this uh, commercial right here, this McGee kid.
2: Yeah. Who would be surprised? I mean, if you look at the shitty pitching staff, we all knew it was going to be dog shit. Um, their offense was extremely boring the first couple games of the season. It's
0: still really boring. Even yesterday, like, yeah, they scored a ton of runs, but then you realize, oh, it's course field. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, I was kind of surprised they went in and they
2: won that game in, uh, in Houston. They won the opening game on Friday night, and I thought we were going to get a sweep in another Bluntly Padres episode, but lo and behold, that didn't happen. What happened that night on Saturday night? Oh, is that, uh, is that uh, pop-up game? That was pop-up game. How many innings did they play? 28? <laughs> yeah. So th- there was uh, it was a 10-inning game, and we were over that night, Danny's uncle's uh, 60th birthday party. Six
0: decades of mediocre, I mean greatness.
2: Yeah, so we were over, uh, we were at a house party for his birthday, and, and we are watching the game from outside because it's hot as shit inside the house. And so uh, there was kind of a jam for Maton and i see him he gets bregman to pop out and i'm like great this inning's over so i turn around i i finish my drink and i i look back in the house and i look at the tv and i see the astros celebrating i'm like what the fuck happened (laughs) and then and then next thing you know we're sitting there and we see that there's that pop-up the infamous pop-up to where if you're listening to this i know you've probably seen it before at least
0: 20 times at least
2: 20 times now my first i think we're gonna are we gonna have our first disagreement in over a year on this podcast to where uh, who's at fault for that probably
0: of, we probably will
2: when i first saw that play and probably the first three times i saw it i said that's hosmer's ball that has to be hosmer's ball and how does he miss it but the more i look at it the more i look at that play Ellis has to make that play.
0: You're just making excuses because Hosmer's the face of the franchise, so we're trying to give him a pass because he's not doing things we expected him to do, like catch the ball, pick the ball, hit the ball over the fence.
2: Hey, when Chase Headley was the face of this franchise, I
0: held his feet to the fire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, I think it's Hosmer's ball. Hosmer's coming in. Hosmer's coming in on the ball. The catcher has to go out, plus he's got to turn his back to the infield. Hosmer is coming in. Yeah, by the way, he's coming in 100 feet. He's how far fine. Did, how
2: far did Ellis have? To he go goes that? out a
0: hundred feet for foul balls. What difference does it make? Ooh, it's a, Ellis. It's a, no. I'm talking about Hosmer. It's a routine pop up.
2: He doesn't go hundred feet for foul balls if someone else is four feet from the fucking baseball.
0: I uh, number one. That's one. Th- 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 the other thing you're forgetting here: there's a runner on second. Who's gonna cover the plate? I know it's a pop up, but nonetheless, it doesn't matter who's covering the plate if
2: that ball drops clearly because that guy's gonna score.
0: Maybe, but the ball shouldn't have dropped, and Hosmer should have caught it. Let me Whether, this. Who who's ever ball it could have been or would have been should have been. The fact is, Hosmer called him off. Hosmer was there; he should have made the play. Did Hosmer call him off? though? I would assume so.
2: So here's what I saw. I saw. We'll the, never really know on the
0: calling off. No, we but were, I would assume so.
2: I saw the ball go up in the air, and anyone would assume, hey, that ball is eight to ten feet away from the from home plate. That's A.J. Ellis's ball.
0: And I so, don't I don't think anybody would have assumed that. Not he, that far out of the play. Hosmer
2: did, because if you see Hosmer playing all the way out and shit, he was in shallow right field. If you see him, the ball's hit. He looks up at the ball. He looks down at Ellis, and he sees Ellis with his face mask in one hand and his dick in the other, standing at <laughs> home plate. Not his like, glove,
0: because he... Can't framework this shit. And Hosmer Anywho. goes,
2: "Oh shit!" He puts his head down and sprints towards sprints towards the ball. He and he has to panic last second because no one's there to catch it. And then he overruns it. Like he was there, obviously he overran it. So yeah, at the end of the day, he should have caught it. But in my mind, there's no doubt that's AJ Ellis's ball.
0: You know, to be honest, because it's such an embarrassing play, I kind of have not watched. I've watched it enough to know, you know, what happened. Uh, but in terms of like Hosmer getting a late break and all that, I haven't really delved that much into it because it's pretty rough to watch well yeah it is a but, walk-off pop-up yeah it's embarrassing i mean we, we've hit
2: new lows this season if the radio deal hasn't got us low enough we've reached new lows uh, they were on dead spin again because of that <laughs> so i mean we're 11 games in playing number 12 as we speak but um we're always finding new lows for this team which is just very very thrilling but with our podcast which you get nowhere else on Padres twitter what we have is the experience of playing baseball our whole lives.
0: <laughs> Poorly, I might add. So we fit right in with the Padres. You
2: think Patrick Brewer's been playing ball his whole life? I don't know. No. Nah. Fuck no. Anyways, just kidding, Patrick. So the James ball- played, though, right? Yeah, James played. He actually played on the same team that, that we're playing on yeah, now. Yeah, continuing the, the legacy. Yeah, way back in the day. But anyways, shout out SD Marlins. We won 28-1 uh, to 1 this week.
0: <laughs> it should have been 17 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so...
2: The ball is hit. Let me just break it down X's and O's for you guys. The ball's hit. It's close to the plate. It's relatively close. Will you give will you give me that much? Relatively close to home plate. I I 10 have to 10 I've feet away.
0: blocked it out. I can't remember the last time I actually looked at the play, but I'm fairly certain. Like where the umpire is standing right now. For God's sakes, Hosmer just blatched a scoop. Jesus. God, okay. Good Christ. Anyways, no, it was close enough. I think it he could have. was close
2: enough to home plate. Yeah. So ideally, what you would like to happen on that play is you want to see Ellis. Trying to get under the ball. You want to see Ellis going after the ball, or at least do it, making an effort to get to the ball to catch it. it until, until Hosmer comes and calls him off. And unless yeah. Hosmer's calling him off, that's Ellis's ball.
0: I I will I will go ahead and concede to agree with you. The catcher should take charge.
2: Yes, he should. I didn't
0: know Hosmer was playing deep because, yeah. like I said, um, when the play initially happened, I was uh, I was off running uh, errands. So when I came back, you guys told me that he dropped a pop-up, and that's how they won, and then I saw the play. But on the replay, they actually just show him charging it and then giving up. So I didn't actually see him live drop the ball, see where he was positioned and all that.
2: Yeah, he was playing deep. He was playing deep and El- that's Ellis's ball it has to be Ellis's ball and to all the people are saying hey i think that's Mayton's ball no pitchers are taught at, at, almost
0: at every, every level ball. except the adult league yeah get out of the way
2: yeah get out of the way like your job is to throw the pitch and then stand there and point at it when it's in the air <laughs> like pitchers are not it's just how it is. Would we like mates on to catch it? Yes, of course we would. But pitchers don't make that play. It's just known. That's in the game of baseball. That's how it goes. So that's Ellis's ball 100%. Toss the mask away. Get under the ball until until Hosmer calls you off. Hosmer, Hosmer is ideally the first baseman would catch it because the catcher has to deal with the backspin and the ball going on him. He's so got ideally, to turn his back to the infield. Yes, ideally the first baseman would catch it. But the catcher has to be out there and under until he's caught off. And he wasn't. And so that's why I put the blame 100% on Ellis. That's Ellis's ball, 100%. And let me ask you this. If Austin Hedges is behind the plate Yes, game, he catches it. He catches I don't even need him. you to finish and There that. is no doubt.
0: I don't even need you to uh, to finish that. So I, I think I think that, yeah, you want the catcher to take charge. At least dictate. Was he dictating? Was he no. doing anything? No. Absolutely not. Nothing, huh? He was standing on home plate. Well, that's good doing nothing let's let's move on to something uh let's move, yeah <laughs> let's move on to something more positive they just by highlighted by uh, the way there's oh. five
2: catchers on their 40 man why don't we get rid of ellis see ya
0: i don't know why we got him in the first place thank you marver made a good point about him that if you're gonna go with a backup catcher you know they're gonna stink at least go with somebody that adds some value rafi lopez at least from what i recall seeing i haven't actually bothered to look it up has decent framing stats whereas I can tell you by watching A.J. Ellis, he couldn't frame a do-it-yourself picture frame. (laughs) He is awful. Yeah. Awful. Very, very bad. Very bad. Just some uh, live play-by-play here, a 200-foot home run to right field from Trevor Story. Yeah. So that's that's good. That's rough. Anyways, um, let's move into some positives, at least one positive. Um, They just highlighted the Padres' starting defense, and they uh, highlighted Freddie Galvez. He has been uh, awfully consistent. In this short season.
2: He has. Frederick
0: Galvis. The Frederick Galvis. Sir Frederick to Galvis. To the point
2: to where, and you know how we are on Padres Twitter, we completely overreact to everything. I saw a guy, I forgot who tweeted it out, but he said, imagine an infield left to right of Tatis, Galvis, Urias, and Hosmer.
0: I just threw up in my mouth.
2: <laughs> are you, based on this first 11 games, are you extending Galvis? No.
0: No? No, I hope. <laughs> now, Me he's not going to hit. 80 percent above league average he's yep. not he's not slugging 500 the rest of the year absolutely he has not. reached base safely uh i believe in all 11 games i think i heard jesse agler he uh mentioned that he is,
2: defensively he's been fun to watch too
0: he has he's already drawn seven walks which is a sixth of what he drew last year so maybe he's being more patient who knows honestly i just hope he keeps playing well enough because if he keeps hitting above average with his defense some team is going to look to get him some team will try to you know grab him as a as a backup or something of note so but i mean at least he's doing well and yeah i have been pleasantly uh refreshed by watching a decent fielding shortstop make strong throws to first
2: yeah it's been a who's you know less
0: than 42 years old but 35 allegedly
2: very nice change of pace for sure and the thing with that with that is with his play and him being so good these first 11 games I'm I'm finally coming around, and there was no one more pissed off about the trade than me. But I'm coming around to the point where I'm like, all right, maybe it wasn't so bad. I know we're 11 games in. He's probably going to turn around and go through a huge slump. I'm going to hate him. Probably. Okay, so we'll preface that. So he is drawing
0: up. more walks, though. I think the biggest thing is he doesn't strike out a ton. I don't recall. I have to look it up. But I don't remember him being like a strikeout guy. He's no, he, maybe I lied. He struck out 100 times each of the last three years. <laughs> Whoops. But, uh, I mean, he's drawing more walks. Who knows? He doesn't have to be great. To be great. He just has to be mediocre.
2: Well, our definition of great and mediocre is so skewed in this town based off of what we've had at Shotscott. I'm just going
0: as compared to his peers. If he's a roughly average to slightly below league average player uh, or hitter, which is a little bit better than what he's been the last couple years with the Phillies, he's fine. Yeah, He'll be absolutely fine. He's already plus one. He's almost been worth one full win above replacement per b- baseball reference. Oh boy, He's already got one run above average on defense. He's hitting just fine for now. Just, he's not going to keep up, but as long as – if he puts up a 300 on base and slugs 380, he he'll be fine.
2: Yeah, with the defense he's playing, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's an everyday shortstop, I'll take it. Yeah, especially since – I mean, we've we've gotten used to Lexi Ramirez, uh, Lexi Amarista, uh, all of those bums. Clint Barms? Clint Barms. <laughs> or Barmas? Barmas. Was Whatever. it Barmas or Barms? Whatever, dude. But all those bums they've been running out there. I'd rather see James Clark at shortstop. <laughs>
0: I don't know what position James played. We'll have to ask yeah, I don't next know. Uh, next week. But, oh, but no, Galvin has been a nice surprise. He has
2: been. He has been, and and I'm I'm really excited. He's on the team, honestly. And I didn't think I'd say that, but I don't know. And again, we'll say it just like we said it last week. Very small sample size. So, Extremely
0: small sample size. Let's check back in a month. Yeah, so and we'll see what he's doing. By, I think the defense will hold.
2: By the middle of May, I will probably hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably hate him. My my opinion. I, it changes, like, the weather, so.
0: Well, yeah, uh, who did, uh, who, I called you a flip-flopping bastard again on Twitter. Who was it this time?
2: Oh, I was joking around, dude. Someone, uh, it was about stamina.
0: There you go. That's his Craig Stammen. Yeah, our,
2: our girl uh, our girl Talia. Yeah. says, I love Stammen. I've always loved him. I'm like, same. Yeah. Right after I tweeted out. Like, you out, son of a bitch. Yeah, right after I <laughs> tweeted out and I said, in come Stammen to cough up the lead. Because <laughs> everyone knows, if you listen to our show, you know how much I can't stand Craig Stammen. Yes. But him as well. He's been good in the bullpen. I can't complain. He
0: was good. He had a really rough start last year, and then he was suddenly, like, solid. Yeah, out of the blue. But um, moving on to other, I mean, he's not great, but he doesn't seem overmatched. Uh, Jose Perella's doing all right. It'd be yeah. nice to see him hit a dinger, but yeah. overall he's not killing us. He's not killing us and it's it's kind of funny
2: how with uh Myers being hurt with his back issue or his tricep whatever's wrong with him. Whatever's wrong with him now, it, it's kind of funny how we've been able to watch Perella get all the starts and we've been able to see Renfro play in every game.
0: Yeah, who's no. not doing so hot by the way. Renfro I think come, was coming in tonight. Hitting a buck seventy nine with a two fifty in on base Ouch. and slugging two eighty six.
2: To his credit, though, I feel like, and we'd have to look it up, but I feel like a lot of his plate appearances have been pinch hits. Um, he hasn't got that many starts, so maybe that is. He's something- played in eleven
0: games, but I think you're right. I think that's more because he's been coming in late as like a pinch hitter. Yeah, and that job sucks.
2: Yeah, it does. It, it's it's hard to get a rhythm and it's hard to get hot when you're getting sporadic playing time like that. And that's why I think Bud Black ruined a lot of our prospects, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Bud Black is here in what? Colorado.
2: Oh, geez, yeah.
0: Yeah, he he's already doing it. Speaking of Bud Black, just a quick uh, – I'm
2: sick of Colorado, by the way.
0: Yeah, I'm tired of them already. Uh, speaking of Bud Black, I like how the tradition lives on. He goes over there, they have their young rookie, Ryan McMahon, uh, who's rotting on the bench. I'm listening to the game and I hear, "Oh, thought of Veleka at first, in time." Wait, what? That <laughs> Pat Veleka is starting? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> oh, never change, Bud Black. Yeah. Um, let's baseball. see. Renfro has had one, two, three, four games where he's gotten just one at bat, and another game where he got two. So he's, uh, I think he started one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of the eleven games he's been in. So that's pretty, that's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not every day playing time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He came in as a sub one, two, three, four, five times in 11 games. He's coming as a sub.
2: Yeah, so just about half. Just yeah. about half the games, he's he's come in as a sub. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's it's hard to fault the guy who's already streaky as is, but it's kind of hard to fault
0: him for not getting in the rhythm yet. Agreed. So. That's my one complaint so far about Andy Green. I don't care about old Christian Villanueva. He's not a prospect. Jose Perella. yeah, I'd probably play rent for more than him, but – um, that's my really one complaint so far about Andy Green this year is uh, is not giving Renfro every day at-bats, which I think he's in dire need of.
2: Yeah, I think he is too. And speaking of at-bats, his his playing time and his at-bats could be diminished um, coming forward with Franchi Cordero having a rehab assignment in El Paso.
0: Oh, a rehab assignment?
2: Rehab because he got hurt. Mm,
0: I don't I know how I feel about that. you making
2: it sound like as soon as he's – Quote unquote ready, quote, ready quote. that that's his spot. Yeah. So I'm thinking Renfro is going to get even more, even less at bats. I should say.
0: Probably. Uh, by the way, Renfro in very limited sample size, he's drawn a walk every uh, almost every template appearances. So that's a huge improvement because last year was every five. Um, in terms of Franchi, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't. I like. I like Franchi. I like what he possibly possesses, but he has. Just as much, if not more, to work on in AAA than Renfro. If I'm the Padres, I would keep Franchi in AAA, and I've said this before. You know, let him work on what he needs to work on. You know, drawing, getting into deeper counts, putting himself in a good position to hit, not hacking at everything. You know, creating leverage at uh, leverage counts and at bats, and then you know, continue to give Renfro the everyday try until he proves he's not worthy. Yeah, the, the the stat line or the, the slash line isn't there, but it's early. But he's almost at 10, you know, one walk every 10 at-bats or one walk every nine at-bats or whatever it is. So I would just keep running Renfro out there for a while until he proves he's not the guy and then bring up Franchi later. I don't I don't see what the pressing issue is. And to me, Franchi's not the kind of prospect that you're like just, you know, slam dunk, you're dying to get on the major leagues. I think there's still more for him to do down there.
2: I think there's a lot of intrigue on the tools.
0: Oh, absolutely. Natural loft to his swing speed. He's got more complete game than Renfro, which is why I think he's got more, far more upside. But I would rather them bring Franchi up later when they figure out what's going on with Perella and Renfro than bring him up now and just create even more of a logjam.
2: Well, that, will, that brings me to a point that I also saw on Twitter with uh, Perella. Do you think that now is the time if uh, Franchi comes up, do you think now is the time where they start moving Perella to second base?
0: that would be interesting.
2: And kind of benching Asuaje because he's Asuahe's kind of meh. I mean, he's doing well. He's doing. He's doing well. <laughs> like I feel like I have to convince myself of that. But he's not. He's not blowing me away with anything. I'm not sold
0: on Asuaje because I don't think he's an everyday guy, and I think you are. I don't want to say wasting at bats because I don't think you're wasting at bats on him. But to me, he is the epitome of a punch and Judy hitter. Yeah, I know he went yard and he's got a double, but to me. I don't know. I'm just. I'm not sold on him. Like last year, he got you know enough at bats. Got like half a season worth of at bats. He slugged three sixty two. Yeah. You know, he just. To me, he is a a he's a prototypical backup. You can plug him in in a couple positions, but really, he can only play one. Um, and he's a decent contact bat, but that's all he is. He's he's batting average on balls in play. You're gonna hope that he has a good year because he puts a ton of balls in play and they get through. I would rather them if if benching swahi means they get both Renfro and Cordero in the lineup, both guys who I think their their ceilings are starters or better, like everyday guys are better, I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, but you also have to realize that if both Renfro and uh, Cordero are in the lineup, that means that Myers isn't.
0: Well, I'm assuming Myers is going to be out the whole year. <laughs>
2: yeah, bullshit, dude. Myers is not going to be out the whole year. This is the
0: same team that waited three months to put Espinoza on the damn DL and get him Tommy John surgery.
2: That is true, and... After I just said that uh, he's not going to be out the whole year, my mind just fast-forwarded to Craig Meddy recording that and and playing it. (laughs) (laughs) Next time he's on the Padres Twitter podcast. Yeah, at the end of the year when uh, Myers has a whole five games played. Oh, God, man, that would be devastating. I I don't think it's going to happen. I think Myers is going to come back. I think it's probably going to be maybe another week until we see him again. Um, AC and his little cryptic tweets about uh, Myers and the timeline of injuries –
0: I don't,
2: I don't know, man. So, but if both those guys are in the lineup, then that's shitty because that means Myers is hurt. And it's all
0: Hosmer's fault. We wouldn't have this issue if they hadn't had gone Ohtani's out. It's
2: all Otani's fault. If they had, first to, of all, if
0: they hadn't gone out and signed a free agent they didn't really need, beyond the reason of, well, we might not sign anybody next year, so this is our best chance. We'll just try to put a round peg in a square hole.
2: First of all, if Otani would have signed, then My- or, uh, Hosmer wouldn't have signed here. I can confidently say that because Otani would be playing the outfield and, you know, that's – it's. never mind. I'm not going to – That's neither dig, here nor uh, there. I'm not going to dig my own grave there, but
0: <laughs> – That's neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not going to dig my own grave there, but anyway. The reality is it's Hosmer's – it's not Hosmer's fault, Hosmer, but Hosmer creates the problem. It's, it's, a round, it's a round peg in a square hole. He's not an upgrade over Myers, totally. He's slightly better, but not significantly so that you move a – bad outfielder off of first base to put him back in the outfield where he's going to be bad. Um, and then it creates issues because now we're benching a guy in Hunter Renfro who may or may not be a part of the future, but you're still benching him. You're also tr- creating a logjam for a guy like Cordero who has to basically leapfrog four fucking outfielders to get on the team, or five. Does he really, though? I mean, you got to find a batch for these guys. There's no point... What is the point of sitting Renfro? What I mean... It's clear awesome. even though he's not starting, Andy Green is trying without start committing to him giving getting an everyday shot, is at least giving him at-bats. I don't agree with the way he's using him at all, but he clearly wants to get him at-bats. All you're doing by being bringing Franchi up is creating more of a logjam because now you're right. You'll have Myers. You will have um, Perella, who they clearly don't trust at second base. Right. Uh, then you have... Uh, Margot's not going anywhere. They still have fucking Caesar on the team, and then they have Renfro. They're gonna bring up Cordero. Number one, I, want, I i would think they'd drop a catcher, but now you I have— one would hope,
2: huh? One would hope. One would hope,
0: yeah. But now you have all these backup outfielders. Although you know Cordero makes uh, Caesar you know, irrelevant, he's not needed at that point, superfluous, because Cordero can play center. But you're not bringing up Cordero to back up, so what, I don't know, it just creates an unnecessary logjam to do all of this.
2: Well, you're talking about Hosmer in that sense, but let me ask you this, who would you, who do you feel more comfortable um, hitching your wagon to for the next five years, Renfro or Myers and Hosmer? Hmm. Because really, by by doing that, by bringing in Hosmer, you're saying, hey, I trust this guy more than I trust... uh, Renfro. I guess I, I don't look at it like who. Renfro. Am I... I do. I like do Renfro, too. But at the end, and I've argued for Renfro. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit there and say, "Oh man, Hosmer fucked it up by signing here." No.
0: Well, it's Trevallis not Hosmer himself. It's table. signing Hosmer is what messed everything up, to me. But I don't look at like who am I going to hitch my wagon to? And this, by the way, you mentioned us on Twitter this stupid. I hit home runs for a living commercial, <laughs> holding Mike Mustakas's bat. Yeah, Jesus and his Christ. Dirty yeah. Anyways. I, I don't look at it like, who am I going to hitch my wagon to? I look at it like, hey, we're going to suck. We're going to sign this guy and still suck. We'll probably suck next year. Let's just see what we've got before we go out and make any free agent signings that may or may not make sense. To this point... Yeah, but none of that
2: matters anymore.
0: Well, no, it doesn't. But, I mean... He's here. We're not
2: going to go back to I wouldn't sure. hitch
0: my wagon to Perella. And if I was going to hit my... Thanks, Marver. Yeah, if I was going to, you know, play Marver every day, or not Marver, excuse me, play Perella every day... I would play him at second because, to me, I don't care. Like, I don't look at Asuai as an everyday guy. I think Spanienberg is closer to an everyday guy than uh, Asuai is. Um, I look at Villanueva, and Spanienberg is a possible decent platoon at, at, you know, worst-case scenario at third base. So, really, that's the big issue is that, for whatever reason, they don't seem to trust Perella at second.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. But – can Perelit? No, never mind. I was going to mention something about him playing third because I was going to bring. I mean, up I'm up. sure I he could. St- I'm
0: sure he could stand up. Chase Headley sucks. To Green's credit, is not getting any no nope. playing time. Zero. He's what one for fourteen. I don't know what the fuck he is. Didn't watch the games? Didn't you listen to me last year? He finally
2: got his first hit. He finally got his first hit in the uh, Houston series. So uh, yeah, one hit for uh, Chase Headley. So hey, how you doing, pal? I think he's gone soon. But, anyways, oh, by the way, they're bringing up, uh, they're interviewing Clayton Richard on TV right now. Yeah. I know you said, oh, I don't watch the games, which is great. I, there's nothing else I want to hear out of someone who does a Padres Pod podcast other than, I don't watch the games. But yeah, I know you saw that Clayton Richard home run. I
0: know what's last going on. I do have to watch the games to know what's going on.
2: I know you saw a Clayton Richard home run last
0: Actually, week. I was listening to on to The Machine on the way home and. Uh, I heard the dugout pop when he made contact, and Agler about fell out of his chair <laughs> when he hit it. Agler, I'm, like, you know, I, I think I, Asuahe hit one next. It wasn't as deep. But when, when Richard hit his, you would have thought it was like, I mean, it was a bomb, but you wouldn't have thought it came from a pitcher with, no, the, way Agler, with the way Agler reacted. It was amazing.
2: Dude, that ball was crushed. I think, uh, was it second deck? Yeah, second deck absolutely oh, murdered. Oh, bat flip. He pimped it. Yeah, dude, which was
0: amazing. out in any ballpark, I believe, with that contact. Yeah, and Statcast the, had it at 440 feet. The thing that I, <laughs> the thing that I immediately thought of,
2: goddamn, 440 feet. Yeah. Wow.
0: Uncle Teddy thinks it might have gone farther if that fucking second deck wasn't in the way, and he's probably right. <laughs> the thing
2: that I immediately thought of when I saw that. Was our day out there in the backfields when we saw him going from field to field and we saw him strike out. (laughs) Striking
0: out six times. Doing the
2: triangle drill? Yeah, he struck out six times in probably 10 minutes. Going from field to field, just looking like shit. And then you see him going up there. It wasn't a bad pitch. It was a fastball in the outer half from John Gray. It was like 96. Yeah. And he, t-
0: he just he got out in front it of it. He it
2: 440 feet to right field. It was amazing.
0: And only at Coors Field. Only I- at Coors. Oh man, I hope Lucchesi Lucchesi's up right now with his fucking pencil stash. I hope he goes yard right now. <laughs> this- Pencil stash. I'm just jealous. Yeah. He's got that cool scar. He's got it all.
2: Yeah, and then Asuahe hit a home run right after him, yeah. which is just crazy. No one would have ever thought. That's yeah, Aguilar said too.
0: that. Aguilar goes, hey, Ted, you think, uh, you know, would anybody have believed us if we said the Padres back-to-back would have been, uh, I think it was Galvis and Hedges went back-to-back on one. And then uh, he's like, do you think they would have believed us if we said it would be uh, Richard and a going back-to-back? Absolutely not. No way in hell.
2: Absolutely (laughs) not. Especially especially because, I mean, right after the pitcher spot, we expected to see Margot all season, but he's off to a rough start this year.
0: He is. He came into the game hitting 150, only a 227 on base. He's only slugging 225 is the old slugging percentage. Um, He struck out to end the game, or not to end the game, to start the game. Um, we got to watch his first at-bat uh, before we uh, started recording here. His timing looks off. I really – I'm not a scout, but I would say that his timing looks awful, so maybe that's what it is, and I'm sure he'll be fine. But, yeah, it's been a really rough start. I will go on record of saying I do not mind moving him down in the lineup when he is struggling the way he is just to kind of take some pressure off of him. Yeah, I mean, but
2: in the 8-hole?
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, that's though. Here's kind of rough. Here's the thing about the 8-hole. I can, I can talk strategy on the 8-hole. He's hitting in front of the pitcher, which means, number one, you're forced to be more selective. There's a bullet for a base hit. Base
2: hit up the middle, Margot. oh boy, Margot. His ears are burning. Five point five karma. Oh, oh, oh he's, oh, he's going to stretch in into it into double. I thought a second, is not in time.
0: a kid. Look at that hustle double. There you go. Atta kid. He knew they were talking about me. I had to get a base hit. Pichaputolito. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, why don't you slow down over there, Narcos. <laughs> but um, <sighs> now I lost my train of thought. Um, no, I don't an mind angle. moving down. Here's the thing with the angle. He's hitting in front of the pitcher, so he's probably not going to get a lot to hit. He'll probably draw some walks, get on base. Maybe, you know, psychologically speaking, that boosts his confidence. Maybe because the pitcher's hitting behind him and he knows he can be more selective, take some pressure off of him. So when he goes back up to the top of the lineup, you know, maybe he's not pressing as much. So I don't think it's a bad idea. It's also, what, like two games that he hit down the eighth spot? It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's, It's not a big deal to me. I don't think a manager's wrong for getting a young guy who's really struggling. And let's be honest, wasn't that great offensively last year either, uh, moving him down in the lineup. Also, yeah, you know, the managers, you know, they're, part of the job is to develop talent. Their job is to win. The, the, the GMs aren't going to tell them to go out there and lose. So if a guy is struggling in your leadoff spot, which is getting more at-bats than anybody else in the lineup, and you're trying to win, because Andrew Green is trying to win. There's no manager in the game that's going out there throwing games. Strategically, he's trying to win. It does not make strategic sense to put a guy with a two twenty five on base at your leadoff spot when you if you have a better option.
2: Well, thank God that Andy Green's trying to turn this season around.
0: He's not gonna win. I for one, but what kind of manager eight. did Andy Green knows they're gonna suck. I refuse to believe he has. He believes anything he says about you know we think we're gonna be competitive and yada yada yada. It, we all know it's bullshit. He knows he's gonna suck. But he's still gonna go out there and do his damnedest to run the best team he can on the field. That's his job. Take take what you have, use the best of it to your abilities and try to put it, you know, what you have in a position to succeed. Whether or not it does, I mean, to a point it's on him, but you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So don't blame him if Margot's struggling to get him out of the leadoff hole from a strategic standpoint.
2: Yeah, I I can And it see. doesn't do Margot any good
0: either to lead off the game constantly making outs. Give him a break.
2: I can yeah I can see it. You know I really like your point about uh, putting him in that eight hole where he knows he could be more selective cuz maybe that subconsciously maybe that changes his approach. And when you do put him back in the leadoff hole. Hold on. I just
0: want to say something. Uh, Perella's going to double down the line past Desmond. Margot will score. Hashtag suck it Marver.
2: <laughs> I think it's eat it Marver. Oh, excuse me. Hashtag eat it Marver. Dude, I love how everyone is getting on the train, dude. Uh, everyone. Like, there's, there's people There's people who I don't really even see interacting with Marver that much. Yeah. <laughs> who every time, like, I know that Perella did something well because I see eat it Marver. Oh, eat man. Marver Margot like, just that's
0: high-fived Lament. I think Lament blew his elbow out again. Uh-oh.
2: Was that his right hand? Today? Yeah, it was
0: his right hand. I I was watching intensely. Oh, wow. Intensely. Hey, you
2: know, LeBet is throwing from 90 feet now. So that's, is he? That's great news. Great. Maybe he's he'll be throwing from 100
0: here. feet next time uh, we hear about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: he's still out for the year. So, to your point of uh, chicken salad at uh, chicken shit, I do think eventually uh, Andy Green is going to get, obviously, better pieces to work with down the road, and we're going to bring in Kevin Charity here uh, in a few minutes for the Mad Friars segment of the week. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> we to talk about the, uh, the future, but... Uh, before we get to him, uh, Lucchese' second start. Man, he was dealing in Houston.
0: Absolutely, you're kind enough to write out the notes this week, as you have been the last couple of weeks. I've been lagging. Um, he Let's went. Say the least. He went five innings. Jesus I got a lot going on. Hey, so, man. what are we talking about today, guy? That's, they're just so bad. I feel like you. Do you want to go back on there and talk about how bad they are again? Yeah. You, oh, Hosmer with a base hit to left field.
2: Eat uh, it, Danny. Yeah, I told you, Hosmer's <laughs> not a bad
0: player, and Perella gets hosed at the plate by a fucking mile. Who sent him, Glenn Hoffman? That's why you're the brother. That's why you're the brother of a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Fuego went five innings, gave up, according to you, a hit, did walk three, not too hot. That's probably why he only went five, but struck out seven. Yeah. So yeah, looked pretty good. Um, did look good. Uh, I I didn't watch the start. I'd have to assume because the biggest issue I had with his first start that he was able to kind of get around uh, for the most part. Uh, Perl might be safe on this play, by the way. Uh, the biggest thing he was able to to get around was that he was leaving a lot of pitches up in the zone. A lot. So I don't know, because I didn't see this start, if maybe he made an adjustment. I will say so far in the couple of innings he's thrown today in Colorado, um, I've noticed a lot more pitches on the corners.
2: Yes, and that's, that's what you want to see. We all knew... We all knew that first start, the nerves. He was leaving everything up. Everything, plate, yeah. And that's why he got hit hard. So when I when I saw those numbers that he put up, man, I couldn't be more excited about about that start. And I think it's a sign of good things to come. He's so far in Coors. I wonder if for a rookie, his second start, I wonder if that gets in your head. You know, like, like oh, shit, I'm at Coors Field. And obviously there's the stigma behind Coors and that he's going to get racked. Well, he's given up two runs so far. And um, it remains to be seen how he finishes this game. But... Um, so far, so good. And, and I think going forward, now that he kind of has the jitters out of the way, you would hope, and, I mean, they're getting less and less, I feel like he's only going to get better from here on out. And I'm excited to see well, how it goes for him.
0: I also think maybe it's more of a comfort zone. I believe, I said this last year, prior to the season with, like, the young guys, Renfro, uh, Margo, Hedges, you know, the guys, that the everyday guys, because that's why he was an everyday guy when he got brought up uh, the September year before. But I do think that there is something to be said of telling a guy – Look, you know, win, lose, draw, fail, succeed. You know, this is your spot for the time being. It's your spot to lose. I think there is some comfort psychologically to that for a player to not press and to feel like, okay, I obviously he has to perform to keep the spot, but not feel like if I don't do well on this one start, I'm going back down. I can tell you from personal experience, my follies in the outfield in varsity high school, knowing <laughs> if I misplay a ball. I'm coming out of the game. That absolutely sucks. So imagine being paid the amount of money he's getting paid, being on you know this coveted roster spot. There's only 25 of them. Right. There's only five starting spots, and you're a starting pitcher. You're not a bullpen guy. So imagine being told you know being under this pressure of I have to perform, or if I don't, I'm gonna lose this spot. I'm gonna be sent down on a fucking on a fifth wheel. And let's man, let's face <laughs> after it. After the start. Yeah, let's face it, dude. Making that kind of money too. Yeah, you know, for someone who's never made that kind of money, 500k before, I think is the league minimum these That's a these big days. deal for
2: those guys, man. And wanting wanting to stay off the bus down in the minors, I think I think that's a, a pretty big deal. So, um I, I think he's going to keep it up. I'm excited for him and I I do think he's going to keep it up. And I, I hope he uh I hope he's able to work his way through the next few innings in this course start. So, yeah, I'm
0: I'm going to take this course filled start with a grand assault. Uh, even if it's good. No, I mean if it's good I think you give him credit, but it, it you know, the course field to me you know, that's where off speed pitches go to die. And Lucchese is a razzle dazzle, you know, smoke and mirrors guy. It's not uh it's not the place I'd want to pitch if I were that kind of pitcher. But um so far so good. And I and I like that they're seemingly just gonna run with him until either Lamette comes back or, you know, somebody else comes back. Who knows?
2: Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's uh, again, there's a lot to be excited about uh, down on the farm system. They're getting, they just got started uh, up this past week. Elsinore starting up on Thursday, their home opener, I should say. They started up earlier this week, too. So um, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Kevin to talk some miners. What do you think? I'm down. All right, let's get it going.
0: Hit the music.
2: <laughs> oh, the yodeling, uh, the Walmart yodeler was a big hit. This last week So I think we're going to use that again I was just
0: going to ask If we're going to go with that I hope so
2: Let's go ahead and serenade your ears With some Walmart yodeling
0: Thank you Thank you
2: All
0: right everybody We'd like to welcome in From Madfriars Kevin Charity Kevin how's it going?
1: Good, how are you fun boys doing tonight?
0: Oh, I didn't uh, I didn't think that
1: was a word you were going to
0: say, but uh, we are doing well, just watching the pottery game live, good old Joey Fuego on the bump, um, but uh, we're going to lead off talking about another left-hander, uh, Mackenzie Gore, to get going here. What's uh, What's been going on with Mackenzie Gore so far to start this young season?
1: So, he made his debut tonight. Um, I haven't had a chance to really scope it out too much aside from the stat line, and um, a few videos as I was kind of in, you know, working at my day job, but uh, the, the line that I saw was, I believe, three innings pitched. He gave up a couple of runs. I think he had four strikeouts, so uh, the reports are that he wasn't allowing a lot of contact. Um, ended up throwing 60 pitches or so through the three innings, so um, I was kind of surprised that he, they held him back out this long. He was essentially the, the last guy of the rotation to start with Fort, May, Fort Wayne running kind of a I guess a six-man rotation, I, I thought that they may try to start him opening night, but uh, the weather's also been really bad in Fort Wayne, too, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I mean, they've been playing, you know, games in 30, 35, 40-degree weather, so I don't yeah. know if that was the reason for it or if that was just happened to be his schedule with throwing it or not, but um, all the reports uh, that I saw, you know, secondhand from Twitter seemed to think that he looked pretty good.
2: Yeah, you know I'm I'm looking at that stat line too. So yeah, three innings pitch, uh, five hits, two runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. Which hey, for you know his first start in the uh, in pro baseball, that's that's not too bad uh, for him there. Now he was one thing I want to bring up with Gore is he was on this week with uh, Ben and Woods or uh, Ben and uh, McLaughlin, I should say, or Woods and McLaughlin. And one thing that I pointed or out. Or Woods the, does Dallas. Woods does Dallas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> He was on there and one thing that I pointed out on Twitter that I was really excited about is he made it a point to say that hey when someone else is in the batter's box I hate that guy and I want nothing more than to get that guy out and I feel like as as a team the Padres have needed that for a long time so I love hearing that out of the young man like have you guys heard anything about like his makeup like is he a little bit he kind of gives that vibe that when he's on the mound, he's, he's kind of a dick. Like, is that – am I
1: wrong there, or um, what have you heard?
0: So, you have, like, this insatiable competitive spirit?
1: No, I mean, from all accounts, he's got an insatiable lust for baseball knowledge, so that's, <laughs> that's good. Um, no, you know, I, I've heard things about his, uh, I guess, for lack of competitive demeanor. Um, I know just kind of from what I, I know about what the organization is looking for, is they're kind of looking for guys that, and this is going to sound really cliche, but this is directly from them, this is not my words, is they're looking for guys that have the attitude that, when I'm out in the field, I want to slit your throat. I want to kill you, I will do whatever it takes to win. Um, with that being said, they mentioned a couple of guys on the Major League Baseball team in Clayton Richard and Carlos Asuahe, who are really the only guys at that time, you know, this is prior to spring training before the Hosmer deal happened that were on the big league roster. So I think having a guy like my, you know, with Mackenzie Gore, by all accounts kind of has those traits from what I've been told that he has that competitive demeanor. He has, you know, he's not complacent. He's a guy that that works really hard. I think that obviously seems to be part of the reason aside from the obvious talent that they like him. And that's kind of one thing that, you know, Again, not to use cliches, but like the team clearly evalu- values these intangible things, which is you know kind of the reason why Hosmer's here, and I think Gore kind of possesses similar type of intangibles where he's a competitive dude, but also has you know the makeup and the talent to be a frontline rotation starter, which is you know certainly what evaluators inside and outside the organization see him as. Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's definitely very exciting. You know, it's it's super early. I mean, the kid just made his his pro ball debut, but you know, we love to get excited about the timelines. Like, we want to know when are we going to see these guys. And I mean, for you guys, you can go ahead and speak for the whole MadFires roster. We'll give you that. Uh, we'll give you that uh, privilege there. MadFires. Dubious honor. MadFires.com. Make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, when do you guys foresee an ETA for him? And we won't hold you to this. Craig Meddy might, but we won't. <laughs> um, it's kind of a rough No, like, uh, like like, No, like,
1: I'm, I'm also – like I always tell people, like I don't consider myself – I always preface any prediction or any information I give with I'm not a scout. I don't consider myself to be a scout. I don't think that I'm smarter than you. My guess, it, it depends. I think if everything goes perfect this year, where – he goes out in Fort Wayne and makes 10 to 12 starts there. Looks good, is healthy. There's no, you know, lingering elbow issues or back issues or whatever else shuts down guys. Where you know they've been very conservative top tier guys like a Logan Allen a few years ago. Um, you know Espinoza to a to a point before you know that resulted in Tommy John. If everything goes perfect this year, I can see a scenario where he ends the year as high as Double A, which potentially could put him in the mix, you know, in, at the end of 2019, my guess is, you know, what I would say is that he goes into camp 2020 with a realistic shot to crack the rotation. At that point, he would be, I believe, 21. So, wow. I mean, that probably puts him, you know, in line with, you know, not to compare him to Kershaw because everybody else is going to do it for me, but um, it kind of puts him, you know, 21 I got, with a high school draft pick. It's not a to think that he's got a shot, Obviously, he's going to take lumps. He's going to not come out necessarily. And, and even Jake Peavy in his prime in his first year in the big leagues, he had an ERA over four. So I think you have to take that into consideration. But I think by 21, 22 is when he hopefully if everything goes right. I think that's when you can see him really reaching kind of the, you know, the quote-unquote ace status so if, us, if everything goes well. Right. Um, if everything goes wrong, I think maybe his, his timeline is slower and you're maybe looking more middle of 2020.
2: Yeah, maybe he has a couple of Tommy John surgeries. Who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, and then obviously if that
1: happens, then, you know, we may never see him. You know, you just get, it's just with these, you know, with, with pitchers like him, you know, like you look at the guys in the organization that I think are the best, which is, you know, him, Baez, and Quantrill, I think are the three right now that are, you know, the combination of closest to the big leagues, but also highest potential, whatever you want, whatever bucket you want to throw that into. I just feel like I, after every start, you just want to wrap them in bubble wrap and just like... Yeah, just make sure like just put them away so that way they don't freaking nothing happens. Like, you know, like you know if you see Mackenzie Gore, like let him hop on your back and like let him like ride you like a horse so that way he doesn't you know trip off a curb. You know, at at a at Powers Burgers in Fort Wayne. Shout out to Powers (laughs) Burgers. But yeah, Uh, yeah, it's that's what uh, you know I I think is happening. I I think yeah, he's a guy that I, I think guys should you know, team, people should be excited, excited about. Like legitimately just looking at Twitter, like I, I kind of peek at it. People are more excited about Fort Wayne and Mackenzie Gore starting tonight than Joey Lucchese at Coors Field, like legitimately, like at least on Twitter. Like right. Obviously Twitter doesn't represent the whole Padres spectrum of fans. But yes, it does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it represents sure. the but, intelligentsia of Padres fan base.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah,
0: obviously.
2: totally. You know, with um, with Gore, so by the way, Gore, he can't walk down the street. He can't do anything. So anyone on Padre's Twitter that is listening or any subscribers to madfriars.com, uh, he can't go out and skin his own buck like Andrew Kashner. So if anyone wants to volunteer um, – no, I'm just kidding. So um, it's kind of different. So right, so there's uh, pitcher, position player. So not really – I mean, I guess kind of a little bit of a comparison. But where I'm going with this is Tatis. He went straight from Fort Wayne to San Antonio up to AA. Do you think there's any way, to your point, if everything goes right, that Mackenzie Gore makes that same jump? Does he completely skip skip Elsinore? Do they maybe run him through the Cal league?
1: Yeah, I, I think he absolutely can. Um, and I think it kind of goes to the point, and, and this isn't really something that's been said to me, and it was you know from anybody in the organization, but. Um, there's not really, in, in my opinion, there's not a huge differentiation between you know Fort Wayne and El Summer. Um, When you look at like the jumps, there's a huge jump when you go from short season or rookie ball to Fort Wayne. Like it's it's huge. Like you'll see guys tear up Tri City on the mound or in the field or at the plate. Go to Fort Wayne and it's just a completely different animal, especially with in April with the weather. When you see guys, there's not really a huge differentiation, especially on the position player side, because Cal League's more of a header's league where Midwest League is not. So I think if he goes out there, let's just say, like, like I said, let's look, at, let's, let's look at, like, June 1st. We look at June 1st, and Mackenzie Gore is sitting there with a, you know, an ERA under two, and he, he's averaging 12, 13 strikeouts per nine. He would not be a surprise to me for them to say, you know, we're going to leapfrog Elsinore and go to San Antonio. Uh, and he'd be, he's still 19, he's, he's 19 years old, I think he's going to be 19 all whole season, so, yeah, it, it's absolutely 100% possible that he skips elsewhere.
2: Wow. Well, that is, uh, and then it's both, that's both like thrilling again, that's and best disappointing.
1: your best-case scenario. Right. Yeah, it's its its a, a best-case scenario, I think, when you look at anything, like, your best-case scenario is that he's an ace, but the worst-case scenario is that he's, a, hopefully, a major league pitcher. I mean, it, it goes both ways, especially on the injury. You don't injuries can't be predicted, nor can effectiveness, nor can it. So, but yeah, best case scenario, absolutely. I would not be surprised if he's, in, if he's in Double A at the end of the year.
2: Yeah. Well, I hope to see him through Elsinore. I mean, just just selfishly. Yeah, I
1: very
0: selfishly.
2: It, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. But one yeah, guy yeah, that one sure guy that we will see. What is their trade? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I said like you know selfishly. I, I'm sure like Elsinore would too. I mean. Oh, yeah. You know, I think part of the draw with Elsinore is that they are the Padres organization and that people like us are so jazzed about seeing these guys that, yeah, they're going to probably sell a couple, you know, a few hundred extra tickets, maybe a thousand tickets. I don't know know, what what kind of price you could put on that. But, yeah, it's like, you know, you're going to be more likely to go to a Padre game if Clayton Kershaw is facing the Padres than if it's, you know, you know, you Yolisse
0: Chassin, so. <laughs> no, I think that's a fair point, that the Elsinore Brass would yeah. want uh, gore up there just to generate Absolutely. revenue. Absolutely. Just like they were probably upset they didn't get Tatis to do the same, but. Um... Oh, I know
1: they're upset about that, but yeah, <laughs> you know what it is. I mean, it's all about development. It's not about worrying about affiliate selling tickets, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Now, in t- speaking of uh, young pitchers, or young pitchers, excuse me, um, Reggie Lawson got a start here recently. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he pretty limited last year in terms of uh, innings?
1: Um, he started the year in extended spring, and I think he was brought up. <laughs> I want to say at the end of May. Hey, Danny, can you tell your girlfriend to be quiet? Um, oh,
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. Why do you got to do that? God, do I love that? Kevin. Just hang up but. on him now. <laughs> Just hang up on him now. That's Joey's dog. That's my nephew. Yeah. Jesus, um, why do you got to do that? That's wrong.
1: But uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, with Lawson, he he came up. I want to say at the end of May. Um, he had issues with his control and um, command, which is not unexpected. He, I mean, he the guy went from high school, um, you know, a year ago to to being in Fort Wayne. But the thing that stands out to Reggie Lawson at least for me, is, like, he's got a really nasty, like, spike curveball. That um, There's a couple. I mean, you can look around for videos of it last year, but there's one start that he had. I want to say it was, like, against South Bend, which is a Cubs affiliate. But, like, the thing was just dropping straight, you know, 12 to 6, you know, with 94 miles an hour he's painting it. And the thing just drops down. I think he got, like, five or six strikeouts on it. He had, like, eight, seven or eight strikeouts in, like, a four or five inning start. Um, But he's got really good stuff. I think the the same issue with him is that, like, with any of these pitchers, is that he has two pitches. Both can be right on, you know, 94, 95-mile-an-hour fastball, really good curveball. But where's that A, where's that third pitch, and B, can he command the other two? But um, he's a guy that, like, uh, I I think at once upon a time, at least when he was drafted, um, there was some consideration uh, going into his senior year that he'd be a sure-fire first-round pick, and apparently – um, some of the coaches or something, they started like kind of fucking around with his uh, his delivery, and it kind of he ended up getting injured, and, and his stock drops so where the Padres got him in the, I believe it was a comp A round, uh, so like 60th overall, whatever he was. But yeah, he's a guy that you know his first start, five innings, eight strikeups in the Cal League. You know, anytime that you put up any type of pitching numbers in the Cal League, it's impressive, and the fact that five innings, you don't walk anybody, and you strike out eight you know that I'm really excited to kind of see what he does you know for around two
2: yeah big time and weren't you saying uh, I think it was last week when you're on with us that he's a local guy like from that area from Lake Elsinore yes
1: yeah, not from Lake Elsinore so he's actually from Adelanto which um, is the former ho- ho- home of the High Desert Mavericks it was where a Cal League team for uh, up until 2016 when they sold it because they play in the middle of nowhere and nobody goes to their games and <laughs> Um, it's like the worst in hitting envi- or worst pitching environment in minor league baseball, so those things did him in that league folded. so he's from that area, which is probably hour hour and a half you know east of uh of Elsinore. so I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's pitching you know and I would imagine he'll have a, a good contingent of a, a friend' and family out there. so I think it's kind of cool that you hope maybe there's some type of draw there where Local people or people from the area will come out. The former, you know, the seven people that went to High Desert Maverick games will come out and support them out there, out in Lake Elsinore.
2: Yeah, I mean they'll they'll all be there. Um, I'll be there. Danny won't. Kevin will be <laughs> there too. So if you guys are there, uh, let us know on Twitter, and we would love to uh, say hi. Well, I won't speak for Kevin. He probably doesn't want to talk.
0: To yeah, I'm. That. I'm sorry. I don't have a hard working wife I can dump my kids on to go watch baseball. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyways so uh I'll, I'll definitely be out there uh kevin will be out there too um yeah lake elsinore their home openers this thursday um kevin i just looked and it uh, starts at seven o'clock actually um at the 7 diamond o'clock. yeah that uh lake elsinore so come out and say hi if you're there love, i love i at least would love to uh say hi to you guys and uh we'll we'll all see people, you all be, there but for cool, I uh f- what's that
1: So I'll be cordial, I guess. Yeah, Kevin will be
2: cordial. He'll he'll make his rounds, and and he'll say hi to you. But uh, before we get you out of here, uh, MadFire's.com for you guys. Again, make sure you subscribe. Uh, Is there anything else coming up that you're writing soon, Kevin, that that you're excited about, that you wanted to tell everyone about?
1: Yeah, I've been working really hard on a a where are they now about Boomer White. And so that should be dropping. No, I'm just kidding. No, I I mean – the goal, obviously, anytime we go up there is to hopefully grab a couple of the players as we kind of start on site coverage. Um, so the way it's going to ho- work out this weekend is, um, like, tonight in Fort Wayne, Travis is actually out, uh, was out for Mackenzie Gore. So I'd imagine there'll be some type of write-up or piece about that tonight, um, Thursday, whenever you listen to this. So Thursday night uh, or Tuesday night. God, my games are all messed up. So Tuesday night. Um, so this weekend, John will actually be in El Paso, um, I believe he's there Friday through Saturday, or Friday through Sunday,
2: nice, so
1: John will be there doing some on-site coverage, um, myself, David, and Ben will be at Elsinore in different variations this weekend, so our goal is hopefully start flooding it with some interviews and some pieces about guys, um, you know, and like I said, if anybody has requests or if there's any players you want to hear, you know, hear from, um, hit me up at Twitter. It's K 619 I'll try to get it for you. But I'm also trying to finish up a piece about James Needy. He was in the organization a few years ago. It was from St. T. So um, anytime there's an East County guy, as a, an East County guy that has all my teeth, I'm excited about <laughs> always covering those type of guys. So, yeah, I mean, we should have as the season kind of is getting going here we've got the farm reports going Haven't you know we don't we don't think we've missed one in the one day in in the four years our report for the site so we should have interviews coming too so yeah I think if you're not subscribing this is a good time to subscribe like I said if you give me any Elsinore guys if you hit me up I'll do my best to try to get some type of interview whether it's a feature piece or a Q&A or something like that for sure yeah yeah definitely I work so we for do... you if you give us money I work for you <laughs> <laughs> hey careful you careful what, what you say money, there pal because I'll, cause I'll test and, that and I'll come out and clean your drain <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll uh We'll see about that, yeah. But, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, seeing what you have going for Kevin, and uh, we appreciate you coming on with us again. Yeah, guys, madfriars.com. It's the only place you're going to find daily breakdowns of what happened in the minor league system. No days off for these guys. So, um, Kevin, we'll see you out there uh, Thursday, and uh, thanks so much for coming on for us.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having
2: me. All right, man. Later. Once again, money by Mr. Kevin Charity on the Mad Friar segment, right, Danny? Absolute money, absolute money. Thanks again, as always, Kevin. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and giving us the insight across the Padres farm system, more in particularly Elsinore, because I'm pretty excited for for that to get started up, but. Anyways, also very excited to get started up the Padres Twitter segment.
0: I love this segment, by the way. This has been one. I mean, you've had some really good ideas. I think this is the best one so far.
2: Yeah, I like getting everyone involved. So uh, before we before we get this first part, uh, before we get this first question going, I want to preface it with with one question. We we all know that you're not a big listener of the uh, local podcasts here, and I've called you out for it hundreds of times. Uh, but if I if I had to ask you, who your favorite podcast is in San Diego, what what would you say?
0: It's got to be, other than our podcast, the Dave and Jeff podcast, easy. <laughs> Which one? The Dave and Jeff podcast. Okay.
2: So for those, and it's mine too, by the way. So for those of you who listen to the Dave and Jeff podcast, you'll know that they had a live recording of their podcast at Cali Comfort this last Sunday. Oh, did they? So much fun. So much fun. So anyways, our pal at Ryan Barkley, or excuse me, Ryan Barkley at Papa Bark, who is a sponsor of the Dave and Jeff podcast. He wants to know, I'd really love to hear at five point five Dan explain why we didn't see him on Sunday. No details left unsaid. Danny
0: <laughs> You guys already know why of, I didn't go. You already What know. sort
2: of sad sack excuse could you possibly have to not show up to the Dave and Jeff podcast? I actually now, have please a fa- let me hear it. I
0: actually have a fairly gi- legitimate excuse. Actually. I call it bullshit before you even start No talking. you don't. Number one, I didn't have a babysitter. And I know you're going to tell me, oh, it was a family environment, yada, yada. It was.
2: I saw lots of kids there. Yes.
0: You've seen my child in public environments. (laughs) So don't tell me, oh, family environment, because we've all seen how she gets when she's grumpy. Number one. Number two, I didn't have a babysitter because my mom watched her after our eight-hour adult league game on Sunday. So I already burned about two weeks' worth of time there. And number three... Before this was announced, a good buddy of mine who I used to work with at the post office who's into comic books and wrestling and whatnot, I've been good friends with since I met him, invited me to come up to watch WrestleMania at his house. Not into pro wrestling like I used to be, but he invited me to come hang out. He's got a three-year-old daughter who my daughter happens to get along with really well. And so I just went out and hung out with my buddy, and you know our kids played for a couple hours, and it was a good time. That's all. That's all.
2: So basically... Basically, what you're saying is the Dave and Jeff podcast can go eat a dick. No,
0: that's not what I'm saying at all. That's not un- that's what it sounds unlike, like. Unlike what you are insinuating I'm telling Dave and Jeff to do, uh, <laughs> you are putting words in my mouth. <laughs> and no, I'm not telling Dave and Jeff to put penises in their mouth. Dude, it was so
2: funny at the live, at the live pod, Like just randomly, because they had WrestleMania on the TVs. Yeah, you told me. And randomly, you would hear people start chanting, yes, yes, yes. And then when The Undertaker came out, people started losing their shit. Grown-ass adults in there cheering yeah
0: i don't uh i don't do that (laughs) it was dude it was so fun i I enjoy it for what it is for the entertainment value that it can provide but i don't uh i don't do all that (laughs) yeah
2: so we were all sitting there i was there with now let me ask
0: you this this is how you know it's a wrestling crowd how many fat guys had kevin owens shirts on you see
2: any any fat guys any neckbeards with a kevin owens shirt first of all who the fuck is kevin owens
0: he's a fat neckbeard he's a pro wrestler (laughs) let's see he's just like i'll show you when we get off the uh we get off uh, the podcast Here, what he looks like and you'll see why okay. he's so popular with the uh the fat neck beards the uh, basement dwelling virgins as they're called other right than
2: there. myself i didn't really notice that many fat neck beards oh but you have so, a real beard though yeah. yeah so anyways um yeah it was it was kind of funny dude i was there with uh i was there with rich jerry mazone was there um justin was there and, dude a lot of people were there so much fun um so we're sitting there, and uh, this will kind of tie into at Justin living life. He wants to know, Danny, what would you think of the Brock Lesnar match?
0: thought it was boring. Oh, you thought it was boring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was checked out at that point. Yeah, we're
2: going to ask about a full recap of WrestleMania. No, you're not going to get it. So the funniest part is we're sitting there eating, and this was after the podcast was over. We're sitting down in a booth, and we're watching the end of WrestleMania, and it's uh, Brock Lesnar versus who, who was that other guy? Uh, it's uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. You act like you didn't know. Uh, so Roman Reigns they're sitting there and it's towards the end of the match and one of them whoever has a long uh, well obviously it's it's uh, Roman Reigns cuz yeah. I know who Brock Lesnar is it's a Samoan but, guy. Yeah. yeah. So he's sitting there and he gets oh he gets hit so hard that he starts bleeding. He starts bleeding all over the canvas and there's this there's this fucking guy and Rich pointed him out who was sitting in the booth next to us or in front of us and he goes, "Oh shit." Like like it was real. Like was oh, I shit, think dude. I think
0: the blood part is really he no, got it's
2: not. They yeah. cut themselves with razors.
0: Yeah, so it's real blood. Yeah, but still, yeah, he's, still he's not punching that, him until he starts leaking. I think I think uh, yeah, he's not uh, even even if there's not razors, it's not like this like super deep cut, like Roman <laughs> Reigns isn't gonna go to the hospital afterwards. At worst he might have like a couple of minor stitches. At yeah. worst. He's not going to bleed out like, you know, he just got cracked in the head with a baseball or a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. hilarious. Yeah, dude, he was
2: sitting there, and as soon as he started bleeding, the guy goes, oh, shit. It was man. a lot of blood. Oh, I'll shit. give him that. That was a
0: fucked up. I was like, Jesus Christ. He, you could see nobody watched it, but it was hilarious. So I'm like, this poor guy's like, because they talk to each other when they're in the ring to tell them, you know, to, to guide each other what they're going to do next. I'm like, this guy's wiping blood from his fucking eyes. Yeah. He's going to fall out and hurt himself. Uh, oh it's good stuff the whole time i was good sitting stuff. there having so much fun
2: i was like man danny is such a dork yeah such a dork i am who
0: i am and i will not succumb to peer pressure just because you guys want me to i no. had a good time on sunday ryan and i were having fun shitting on you but that's okay that's uh... if that's what makes you guys feel better <laughs> making fun of other people for having a good time then by all means it very much does so let's <laughs> let's see what else we
2: have there uh Jeff Thompson. Let's get to the
0: good questions.
2: Yeah, we will. But first, let me get this out of the way. Jeff Thompson at Pod Jays. He wants to. Uh, he wants us to give a shout out to his hometown of Ding Dong, Texas. <laughs> Ding Dong, Texas. First of all, never heard of it.
0: Is that next to
2: Dish, Texas? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Neither do I. No idea whatsoever. But if they have barbecue, I am there. Uh, speaking oh. of barbecue, another guy I give shout out to, Ryan at Ryan M tweets. First of all, Ryan, I owe you a huge apology. So I've had I've had a lot of fun the first couple episodes where we've done the Padre Twitter podcast with myself and with Drunk Flannery. And I'm noticing as I'm looking through these tweets, I'm thinking back to it. I have not once mentioned hashtag Padres meet Twitter on our Padre Twitter podcast. That is my bad. We will make up for it. I am sorry.
0: Am I wrong to say I feel like Padres meet Twitter has kind of uh, died down as the team's been like awful of late? Well, it's like I th- we're trying to avoid talking about the team and the meat. Twitter has kind of gone, gone with them.
2: Well, I I think a lot of it came from the off season because there was nothing to talk about, <laughs> yeah. and we're just kind of trying. Well, to – Well, there's sure as shit ain't nothing to talk about right now. Well, I mean, I guess, but um, at least we have baseball to watch. But I think we're just kind of trying to keep ourselves occupied. But it kind of it kind of caught fire for a little while, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of died down a little bit, but still one of my favorite parts of Padre Twitter for sure. And, uh, Ryan for sure is one of the OGs of that. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much for that. So, um, you said, let's get to the good ones. You have some there in front of you.
0: Yeah, there's some really good ones. I'll this one. This is from, uh, Dante, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Dante Dawes at Dante V Dawes. Uh, he's asking us, what will the rotation setup be when Lamette returns?
2: First of all, trick Lamette's question. Not he's not returning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First of all, Lamette is not returning. I don't care what AC says. I don't care if uh, Lamette is throwing from 300 feet. He's not coming back this year. We all know that they're going to see how it's going to go for a few a few weeks or maybe even a few months. They're going to years him, really. Yeah. They're going to let him try to throw through it, and eventually, it's not going to feel good anymore, and this the therapy's not going to work, and he's going to get Tommy John. So to answer that question, I don't think Lamette's coming back mm. at all. What about you?
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think if he were – I mean, let's 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 just play devil's advocate and say he does come back. I think if he does come back, um, he probably – well, I don't think he's going to take Lucchese's spot. Lucchese's pitching really well right now. Yeah. So that's two starts in, in a row. In line for the win. In line for the W. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it's in Colorado, stat. so I hate you so much. Hmm. Um, so I don't think he'll take Lucchese's spot. Who else in the rotation that sucks? Perdomo pitched well his last outing, so who knows? Oh, besides all of them? Yeah, well, I mean, you yeah. <laughs> know, that they're realistically going to dump. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it'll set up. Maybe they'll go with a six-man rotation to keep everybody healthy. Who knows?
2: Yeah. Well, six-man. Well, I guess we'll see about that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, Patrick Brewer created a little bit of a shitstorm, dude. It's kind of hard to follow these follow these tweets here. So he he's referencing at. Uh, uh, by the, the way, Patrick Brewer at Patrick Brewer93 of the East Village Times podcast, he's uh, referencing what Marver was saying. So Marver kind of went on thing. If you were following. Marver's having a rough
0: night tonight. Prell has got like three hits.
2: <laughs> Eat it, Marver. <laughs> yeah, so he was referencing the fact that Tatis is kind of off to a rough start. And those double-A numbers haven't been that great. And Patrick says, please talk about how bad these Tatis being a possible bus takes are. He's 18 playing in double-A. Come on, man. What, what do you think about uh I think
0: I agree with this? Patrick. I mean... You know, it's kind of dramatic to say, I mean, they just had opening day last week, so they're about a week or so in, and yeah, you know, there's been other guys, but there's such a small amount of guys that have been his age in double-A, and I don't buy into player comps, you know, like the whole, oh, you know, Urias, you know, he looks a lot like Altuve. They're they're different players. They're different players with different, yeah, yeah, they play the same game, but they're different players. They have different skill sets, different skill levels, different approaches. I don't think comparing Tatis, what, what are they, 11 games in? Yeah. Yeah, 11 games in. Well, in the minors, they're like eight
2: games in. Yeah, there that.
0: you go. I, I don't think that's it's, yeah, he could he could very well be a bust. But there's a reason he is a consensus top five, top ten prospect in all of baseball. It's because, you know, not only does ceiling go into that, probability of making it to the majors and being a major league contributor also goes into that. I think Asuahe showed up on a top 100 one time. And it wasn't because he was going to be a superstar. It's just because, you know, of guys in the minors. And based on his skill set and his age, he's probably going to be a, at least decent major league contributor. So I think it's a little early to talk uh, boomer bust. To be like saying, let's give up on uh, Hunter Renfro and Manny Margot because they suck right now. Yeah. So let's leave Tatis alone. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. I'm.
2: I'm. He's, he's if, earned the leeway yeah. for me to say, hey, go ahead and struggle a little bit, pal. Because, by the way, yes, he is – Extremely young and in Double A. Yeah, so. if he's
0: struggling in August, we'll we'll start to worry and think maybe he was a little too aggressive.
2: So, in the words of HJ Preller, he's saying, "Let's not go sucking each other's dicks quite yet."
0: Let's not. Okay. I'll take a dick sucking, but you know, <laughs> let's not do it over uh, Tatis being a bust. Yeah.
2: So uh, another one here that uh, I particularly like is uh, Cameron Jose. At Real Cameron Jose, as if there's tons of fake ones out there. <laughs> says, I've never heard of a Cameron Jose in my life. Yeah, well, now you have. He says, uh, who do we see up from El Paso first, Urias or Lauer? What Ooh, do you that's think?
0: a really good question. It a really is a good, good question. question.
2: There's many factors that go into this answer, so uh, tread they're, lightly, pal.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, there is. Um, hmm. it, it's hard to say. I, I. The infield is not performing particularly well. Expansionburg, he's he, Spangerberg's slugging like 500 but everything else sucks in small sample um and i think he's on a short lease i think asuahe is a backup so i, I want to lean urias but also with you know tyson ross is injury prone clayton richard is terrible um you know who knows what they're gonna do with lucchese who the hell else is in the rotation who am i missing brian mitchell oh there you go yeah he could <laughs> suck too that's how forgettable he does brian. Suck. even though he pitched relatively well if he walked too many people that's how forgettable brian mitchell is um, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess Urias. I'm going to guess
2: Lauer. And reason why is just because of how bad the rotation is. How bad the rotation is.
0: Um, Aswai and Spangenberg aren't hitting either. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know, know that.
2: I know that. But I, I feel like they're more willing to just be like, hey, you know what? Just, just struggle. Just go ahead and struggle. And so I, I feel like Lauer's going to get some innings. I feel like we'll see him before we see Urias. But that's, that's just me. I would love to see Urias today. I'd completely love to see guys yeah, today. Yeah, I, I would too. He's the guy I'm most pumped about in the system outside of Gore and Tatis. But I'm I'm thinking here that um, it's it's gonna be Lauer. So I we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm equally excited. No, I'm not gonna say I'm equally excited for both of them because I'm not. No, but I'm not that. I want to see he is, but I think, I think Lauer
0: and Joey Fuego are gonna be doppelgangers in terms of production. Quite similar. Quite yeah, very similar, similar. For sure. Um, tying into that one, um, Padre jokes. So at Padre jokes uh, tweeted us. Um, similar question, but thoughts on uh, well, it has to do with the Rias thoughts on Asuaje playing third if Urias comes up to play second. What do
2: you think? I'm not willing to give Asuaje any starting spot, but that's just me. Agreed. I mean, I, I'm I've always seen him as more of a backup utility guy. I'm I'm never gonna see him as hey, that's the. Starting Does he guy. play third? I don't. I've never seen I, him at third. I'll look it up. I don't. Know up. I, don't then, I, I don't. And know. on top of that, you want a guy with more power at third base. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. But, I, I wouldn't
0: start him over ideally, there at all ideally i I'd, I'd, I'd rather give spangenberg a shot every day at third or i said right. earlier, platoon him or Villanueva, or just let Villanueva figure it out yeah you know maybe he can be like you know the second coming of Solarte. No. but um yeah i don't uh i don't like that idea just because i'm not i'm not that big on on carlos asuay Apparently, i would give
2: Villanueva a chance before asuay honestly oh Villanueva is uh, yeah quote absolutely. older quote yeah quote but older. to
0: me Villanueva, it's like like we all love salarte and right? he's winning over Toronto, you know, he's running the heart of Canada, right? But you know, he's a fringe. Happy. Yeah, he's a fringe. You know, average regular. He's, he's probably going to be a, a, a regular, an average, everyday regular player. I think Vianueva's ceiling could be that. In the worst case, he's like a platoon bat off the bench to play third, first, maybe plug him in at second. So um, I don't see any issue with that. In terms of Swahe, he's never played third base at the major league level. He's played one game at first, and everything else has been strictly second base. 101 of his 102 games have been at second base. Yeah. So. And I, who the hell put him at first? Isn't he like five foot three? Yeah,
2: something like that. Jesus. I don't. I don't really like the the chances of that. And I. I don't. I'm Me not either. a fan of that happening either. So one one that I want to bring up right now because it kind of ties into what just happened in the game that we're watching right now is uh Liddy. So uh, at Liddy Lurie, which is a uh, Donovan's wife, which by the way Donovan Jones, Oh boy, this past Sunday. Whoo. Toasted. We, bad. Bad real game. bad huh yeah man i was sitting there i was like, no. like
0: rich and justin bad at the uh at the uh, opening day meetup uh no not no, that I'm bad talking about
2: his performance dude oh you're talking about baseball. Oh, baseball i thought he was
0: i thought he was drunk no oh. no no
2: no not him i'm talking about baseball man i uh, went out to watch him on Saturday, uh, on sunday oh boy
0: what's the hall of fame game or no dude the they're playing game? at
2: McElroy field and oh. i was expecting big things man because donovan rakes in bp yeah so i'm like oh man he's going yard off well, i mean i was <laughs> pitching yeah I was like, man, he's going yard off these guys. And then, uh, yeah, not not so much. But no, uh, so we I'm all have kidding. our bad games, as I did right after I got done watching you, pal. So yeah. uh, Liddy says, uh, talk about the possibility of Margot being a bust. The reason why I bring that up is Margot just got smoked in the top of the ninth inning. Right, on the right, right in on the right on the left cage. armpit, right under there. Oh. Yeah, right under there. And he's out of the game. So uh, he's busted right now, to, <laughs> to say the least. So I hope he's okay. I don't think Margot is a bust whatsoever. I'm I don't still think very, so either. Very excited for him. Yeah,
0: I I think he's still. Uh, I think he's he's just struggling is all. But he he makes enough contact. He has enough skill set, and based on where he's playing in his position, that he he'll still be at at worst an an average. I think everyday center fielder. Kind of like with Hedges, you know, you'll give him more chances than most because you know positional value. Um, tying into Margot though, this will be interesting because uh, he just got sent on a rehab assignment. You mentioned earlier. Um, I believe is playing tonight. As Madfriars was uh, reporting on Twitter, when will we see Franchi? Assuming this puts Margot on the shelf, I think in the next couple of days. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point.
2: That's uh, Tyler Tranga at T Time Six One Nine. Couldn't have been uh... a friend of the Eight O Five West. There you go. uh, Fast lane there. Um, yeah, man, I, shit, dude, I hope Margot doesn't go Couldn't have been more punctual on that
0: one, Tyler. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously. So, hey,
2: maybe we see him tomorrow, man. Who, we'll see. Who knows? Um, there's there's a really good question there from one of my personal favorites, Marcus Pond. Love I'm Marcus. I'm trying to find it here. At Marcus
0: SDTX, I go. think I have uh, – he's got a couple of them. Uh, one of them was, uh, how many players on the current active roster, which we'll just assume is a 25-man roster, are still in the Potters in 2020? Well – I'm going to say... I'm going to say Eric Hosmer. <laughs> I'm going to say Hosmer, Myers, Margot, and Hedges. And I mean, I guess you can count Lamette and Fuego. So we'll say six. I say six.
2: Yeah, I like that. I mean, I'm not going to go down every single I'm just every playing, single player, yeah. but yeah, off the top of my head, I think uh, Hosmer's still here, obviously. Um, Headley. no kidding. Um, I think... I don't know, dude. Hosmer, that's an interesting question because is Myers going to be here? I don't think that's guaranteed. I don't think that's guaranteed. I, I that think Myers he'll be gonna, here. I mean, yeah, I would lean towards him, yes, being here, but I don't think that's a guarantee. Um, I would i would say Hand would probably be here still. I mean, was that his last? No, actually, no, Hand's not going to be here.
0: I think Hand, well, he might get DFA if he's pitching like he's yeah. been throwing this year, but True. ideally he'll have been Maybe traded. Maybe he's
2: pitching his way into staying. I think Clayton Richard is going to sign a five-year extension.
0: Oh, my God. I'll die. Yeah. I'm Go just root kidding. for the Angels. I'm just kidding. But not a whole lot.
2: Not a whole lot, of guys. The team we're seeing today in two years is going to be very different with the exception of Hosmer, uh, Hedges, and shit, dude. That's, that's got to be it, man. I see – oh, Margot. 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 Yeah. Um, and um, a couple guys who uh, – arms like Fuego yeah. and uh, Lamette.
0: More uh, future predictions um, – questions here again Dante Dawes with another good one at Dante V Dawes Where will Renfro be by season's end
2: El Paso I'm gonna say the bench the bench I think he'll be on the bench
0: yeah I I can see he can play left he can play right I mean you know he's got power maybe platoon which I think ultimately ends up happening I think ultimately he's a platoon with uh with Franchi and everybody's happy but I I think he ends up on the bench by the end of the year
2: yeah I can see that as well I mean I'm Either way, I'm, I'm kinda I'm starting to as we were talking about earlier, my, my opinion always changes. I'm the biggest flip flop ever. Ugh. The more and more he struggles, the more and more I'm like, oh boy. Okay. But again, he went yard today. So hey, you just bought yourself some time there, hunter, run for a line shot to right field, uh, for a home run. So yeah, that's uh that's where we're at. I, I personally I think they're gonna send him back down to the minors because I would send him back to the minors if we're talking Franchi instead. I mean that's just me.
0: I just I can't see why they wouldn't just platoon them. I I mean not now, but you know, eventually. Honestly, hopefully the Perella just keeps doing fairly well and they're able to deal him for, you know, a lottery ticket. Yeah. Ideally. I mean,
2: yeah. I'd be I guess I'd be okay or with that. Or he just
0: sucks balls and then they just say to hell with it and they bench him. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a little bit more uh more likely there, but yeah. um is there any other ones? I think we covered all of them. I'm pretty
0: there. sure there was Marcus had a really good one. I can't find the damn thing. You just
2: read it. No, it was a different one. I think he had two. No, it was you just read it. Are you sure? Yeah, it was that one main one, uh, but right. anyways, we're completely completely off the rails here, but um oh, one thing that I wanted to bring up here and and this was a story that I heard at the uh, Dave and Jeff live pod which Danny did not hear because again, we covered this um he is too cool for school. So have you ever had an instance where you kind of met a player or you met someone that was we'll use the word famous and the the story or the interaction didn't go as planned and you're you're kind of your whole perception of this guy is like man this guy kind of sucked. Have you ever had that that incident
0: with like a person like meeting somebody in person for the first time? Yeah, like Yeah, that's, that's like what I thought celebrity, celebrity, when I met the
2: quote unquote celebrity.
0: Oh, a celebrity. Yeah. Well, unfortunately 5.5 Dan doesn't meet a lot of celebrities, but yeah, I mean, I, I could understand the idea. You get your hopes up and the guy's kind of like a jerk or it's a bit of a letdown.
2: Okay, so I won't say this guy's name just in case he doesn't want me to say it. But, um, I mean, it's a it's a small fraternity that listens to all of our shows. So I'll, I'm sure you can... Extremely small. <laughs> yeah, and if you were there, you know who I'm talking about. So uh, this guy, he was, he was a kid and uh, their, like, TOC team, their Little League team, had a, a really good team and they were able to go on the field. And you know how kind of each player... Gets to match up with the kid, and you get to take the the field with them before, and then um, the player signs a ball for them and just says, "Hey, like, um, yeah, yeah, out, yeah, right? yeah, yeah." Okay, so this guy he goes and he gets to take the field with Ryan Klesko.
0: That's awesome.
2: And this, yeah, it sounds awesome in theory. Um, so he goes out there and he says, "Ryan Klesko couldn't be more of a dick." <laughs> Like he just, he's like, oh, I don't know hi. Why I find that funny. He goes, oh hey, hey Ryan, hey nice to meet you. And he's just Call like him Rhino. And he, I don't know. And he <laughs> just, he goes, oh hey, that's uh, that's that's nice, nice to see you. And he doesn't even give him a ball. Doesn't sign a ball for him or anything at the end. Just a complete dick. So um this is inside for the and only three or four people get this but uh fuck you ryan klesko <laughs> is that the f you of the day yeah fuck you <laughs> ryan klesko. that's uh that's what i got going here but uh, completely off the rails here we are just about done this is a long show today yeah a little so, over an hour i think uh, not more uh, actually almost an hour and a half
0: oh there you go so you have anything you want to throw out there before we're done here um. No. Other than that, I believe we are going to be up at Lake Elsinore on Friday as well. That's the plan. That's the plan. Uh, Morahone is starting. And
2: be credentialed. Yes, that's Danny right. Danny and I breaking news. That's, right. that's
0: right. I'll be changing my Twitter <laughs> handle as soon as I get the pass. Yes. Um. Yes. But uh, yeah, Morajone is uh, slated to start, so we'll be making our way up there for opening weekend to Friday night. We'll also be on the lookout for his five-war girlfriend. <laughs> who we have been warned oh, uh wears certain pairs of jeans that uh, might distract you from the game so we'll definitely be up there and uh if you guys want to come to lake elsinore it's cheap it's what an hour and a half or so away yeah not, it, not too far depending no, on th- traffic yeah depending on traffic not too far so come up let us know you're there hang out you know i'm not gonna buy you a beer or anything but we can hang we can hang i'll let you uh i'll let you see my credential yeah that's <laughs> maybe we'll maybe have people I'll, sign it maybe i'll let you touch it yeah <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. a, just the a tip yeah that'd be great that'd maybe be great. maybe the lanyard
2: yeah so go uh go uh go let us know on twitter if you're there we'd love to say hi but um anyways yeah if you guys once you listen to this go back to that thread that i posted about the padre twitter segment oh man uh, it's starting oh. to get it's starting to get yeah. pretty pretty good here so yeah marver has out. a marver has awoken as we'll, smog is awake as we'll as we'll close it out here uh, i'll just say that patrick brewer and change the padres david marver are starting to get into it a little bit and it's starting to get pretty good so to uh, to quote change the padres at change the padres david marver quote you don't you don't know a single fucking thing about sample sizes to patrick brewer so i'll let you guys go on there and read the rest uh, we'll check in next week guys we're out of here